Welcome to Bank of Singapore's Outlook in 5. The definitive guide for investors to stay ahead. Hi, this is Eli Lee, Head of Investment Strategy at Bank of Singapore. And today's podcast, we would like to talk a little bit about the Chinese equity markets, which have been severely punished after the 20th Party Congress. Now, we see three reasons for the sharp market reaction after the Party Congress. First, China's newly announced leadership team signals a high degree of power consolidation by President Xi, which in turn set off concerns over reduced check and balances and the risk of policy mistakes evolving into major shocks. Second, although President Xi signaled that economic development remains a top priority, his added emphasis on national security and common prosperity exacerbated investor concerns over US-China tensions and Taiwan issues, and that a more socialist-leaning agenda could negatively impact the long-term development and growth of China's private enterprises and free markets. Third, investors were disappointed by the lack of positive signals during the party congress on the zero-COVID policy or support for the ailing property sector. Now, obviously, China's zero-COVID policy has been a straitjacket on the Chinese economy and is widely viewed to have gone on for longer than necessary. So what do we think? Now, we think that investors should be cognizant of this risk. These risks deserve to be closely monitored and further volatility and downside should not be ruled out. That said, our judgment is that the knee-jerk sell-off in Hong Kong and Chinese equities after the Party Congress overall likely reflects excessive pessimism. Why is that? Now, in view of the significant challenges and risks for China, having a highly unified group of policymakers at this juncture would also lead to more effective policy execution and coordination. In addition, Xi's allies on the Politburo, Li Qiang, Tsai Xi, and Li Xi have largely pro-growth track records overseeing China's wealthier economic hubs, such as Zhejiang, Shanghai, Guangdong, and Beijing. In addition, despite Xi's theme of common prosperity, we see broad policy consistency in China's development-first doctrine, which, first of all, emphasizes economic development. Now, part of this agenda is to ensure the orderly growth of private enterprises and markets, emphasis on orderly. And we believe that this, and not so much an ideological pivot towards socialist ideals, is the primary motive behind the regulatory actions in recent years across various sectors, including technology. And in this regard, China's policymakers have signaled earlier this year that its regulatory clampdown on the Chinese tech sector is in its final stages, and we view this as credible. Also, we think that the conclusion of the 20th Party Congress, which is an event primarily focusing on leadership transition issues, will free up policymakers to move on to other priorities and addressing the significant economic challenges in place. We should expect more details on China's pro-growth policies at the Central Economic Work Conference in December. Importantly, a key driver of Chinese markets over the next 12 months will be developments related to the zero-COVID policy. 
with COVID curbs in place, consumption and business confidence are being severely negatively impacted. And this has reduced the efficacy of policy stimulus thus far to prop up growth. This is particularly onerous given that the property sector, which is a major pillar of growth in the past, is going through a prolonged period of consolidation. Thus, a relaxation of the zero COVID policy would clearly result in significant tailwinds for the economy and a boost in investor confidence. Now, given the various challenges facing China's economic outlook, including rising youth unemployment rates, which is highly undesirable for the party, we should expect policymakers to gradually evolve their absolute zero COVID stunts into a dynamic policy trending towards reopening in 2023. In our view, this is supported by the latest developments in Hong Kong, which tends to be a forward indicator of China's COVID stunts. In our asset allocation strategy, we remain underweight in global equities, primarily through our underweight position in European equities. We have a neutral position in Asia X Japan and Japanese equities. Within Asia, given the asymmetric risk reward to the upside offered at current depressed price levels, we maintain a long-term constructive view on the Hong Kong and Chinese equity markets. Within the Hong Kong and Chinese equity markets, we expect investment themes aligned with policy priorities to outperform, and this includes consumption, renewables, EVs, and industrial automation. We are selective in the technology space amid rising US-China tensions, which is likely to negatively impact names in the semiconductor sector and those related in the AI and quantum computing areas ahead. Thank you. And we look forward to seeing you next time. This podcast was brought to you by Bank of Singapore.